You're listening to episode 114 of the STEM Space. In our classrooms, we know that the heart of education lies in creating compelling, effective learning materials. But what happens when we step outside the classroom and into the business world? Today, Natasha and I are pulling back the curtain on the strategies that have helped us position and sell our work in a competitive market. So whether you're an educator looking to branch out into curriculum development, or if you're just curious about the inside scoop of how we run Vivify, this episode is for you. Get ready for an insightful deep dive into the thoughts of teacherpreneurs. Let's get started. Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast. Hi, Natasha. Hey, Claire. Welcome to our business meeting. (laughs) Yes. I thought it would be kind of fun to talk about the business side of Vivify. Yeah, and we've never recorded one of our meetings before, so this is this is interesting. I well, mean, they're usually kind of sporadic. Like, we're not great at, like, let's have a meeting on Tuesday at 9 a.m., <laughs> <laughs> and here's the agenda. I've never made an agenda. <laughs> we have never had an agenda. In fact, I think when we first started this, which was, what is that, nine, year, nine years ago, eight mm-hmm. years ago, uh, we had, like, all this stuff that we're going to try to lay out. Like I was supposed to give you quarterly financial updates and make like, and I did that. Remember I I had like pie charts and things. Oh yeah. And then, you know, always been the chief financial officer. You refuse to take the title because I hate it. (laughs) You do all the taxes. You manage all the money. (laughs) You, You are the finance person. Unfortunately you hate it, but well, we're not, let's not talk taxes. I know you will just, it's too soon. (laughs) It still hurts. Uh, yeah. So I haven't given anything. We haven't done anything formal in a long time, but Hey, let's record it so that other people can uh, hear it. And then maybe we can turn the, the words, whatever it's called. We can script it out. What's it called? What are you, (laughs) what are you talking about? You know, get all the words from what we're saying. (laughs) Oh, like captions? Like, no, like, um, rev.com. Transcribe. Thank you. We can transcribe it and then that will be our meeting notes. Well, there's also a lot of teachers out there that are trying to be entrepreneurs themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, TPT, Teachers Pay Teachers, is wildly popular and a lot of teachers have amazing resources that they should share with an audience of other teachers, whether you do English, right, writing skills or robotics or whatever. And I, I love this like shift to now teachers like trying to get resources from other teachers when there used to be like this monopoly by these big companies and the textbooks. Mm-hmm. And that's like all you had access to. And now you have a world of teachers out there that are like, I've tried this in my classroom and you could try it too. So I think maybe this could be a podcast for anyone out there that's like thought about maybe posting their stuff online and what we've learned in the last nine years of doing it. Yeah. And I think that is, I mean, that is our story of why we started doing this is because we wanted to help other teachers because we had some background with what they wanted to teach. They said, we need to teach engineering. We thought, oh, we're engineers. We could maybe help. So if we can still contribute in other ways besides just providing resources and lesson plans, like 
let's help out because there are a lot of teachers. It's a hard time right now for teachers for a variety of reasons, Mm -hmm. but if we could help you be able to make more money so that you're able to continue doing what you love and helping and supporting students, then we'd love to do that as well. So here's an inside look at what we're doing with Vivify or what we're trying to do. And uh, so Natasha, what are we trying to do? (laughs) Well, maybe we should think about what has worked and then we could talk about what has not worked. (laughs) Okay. Yep. Um, I feel so every year or so we try to be strategic, right? And we start out with spreadsheets and Google Docs and everything. Gantt mm-hmm. charts are like your color coded <laughs> spreadsheet of stuff. And we're just not great at like keeping up with those. Mm-hmm. But at the core of what we do is take the content we do with our students and translate it into actionable, easy to use curriculum. And we started with, that's like all we did. I remember heart rate math was the first product. You remember that one? Yes. First product I did, cause I had done it with these fourth graders and they were trying to learn fractions. And I was like, well, what if we just like use our heart rate? We do different exercises and do some math with it. And that's where it started. And our graphics were terrible. terrible. <laughs> just, I'm like embarrassed that we posted some of the stuff we did. We didn't have Canva. We just had like PowerPoint and like free cheap clip arts that we pulled. I'm pretty sure I used the paint app on the computer to -hmm. make some of our graphics. You made our logo. The first version, yeah. The first version, yeah. I'm still inspired by that first version. That's true, yes. So we've come a long way with the graphics part, but I feel like our content has always been based on what we are actually doing and what worked. So it's not just stuff that we dreamed up and then put on paper said, try this. It's stuff that we've actually vetted and uh, that we have found has been really helpful with boosting our students in achievement and engagement and true understanding of real world STEM. So um, I know we're continuing to always strive to do that. Even if we're stepping back from the classroom or doing other things, it's always still from the classroom or still from working with students. Right. And I will say we are also perfectionists, so we don't always post everything we do because we're like, (laughs) oh, it's just not good enough. And the lesson I've learned is when when we implement it, right? And then we're like, okay, we got to vivify it, right? We got to make it look pretty and have like, it look really nice. And then we post it. We don't, we used to not post everything. And what I mean are like the teacher slides mm-hmm. and all like the extra yeah. stuff we use when we implemented it. Cause we're like, oh, no one would want that. Mm-hmm. No, they're teaching it the way we're gonna, we've taught it. And so now we always include like all the extra like teacher slides. We make it editable, which I think is really helpful. So you can modify it into your classroom. So like my advice is like when you're posting things, think of everything you use, like the materials, put links to the Amazon, Walmart, wherever you bought it. What slides are you using? Any other tips that teachers need? Like we always have pages of like, here's what did not work (laughs) when we did it for the students. Like Spacelander, top seller, right? We have changed that product so many times based on like, oh, kids keep eating the marshmallows, right? right? And then I realized like the size of cup, like I'd have a nine ounce cup and then there's like five different types of nine ounce cups with different materials and it didn't quite work. So you'll learn that you put things on paper and you're like, this is how I did it. And you're like, wait, I didn't know I should explain 
the exact brand of what object I was using. Yes. And posting all those helpful tips in the product is what teachers will want. And yeah, the teacher slides, that's been a huge thing that we've done in the last year. And uh, yeah, because we were using them. We were doing it. So why weren't we yeah. also providing that? I don't know why we posting it. We didn't yeah. think they were good enough. I mean, mine were not pretty because still I'm not good at graphics, but that's what they needed. The so. slides I use in my class are so lame. Like it's just <laughs> like a white slide with black text, no graphics, and it works. Because like, it's a cue. It's a cue to yeah. move things forward. So mm -hmm. yes, anything that you are using do that and even helpful tips on how you're implementing like what questions are you asking i think that's a, a big yeah. one that we've had teachers ask i'm like oh yeah this is how i prompt my students and so we include some of those as well um that's why i've always done a reflection piece as part of the engineering design process that's important but what questions do you ask you don't just say reflect it's like what are you actually doing and are you talking with that as a whole group uh, what are some different strategies that you can use in your classroom how are you going to implement these with students as far as are they doing this in pairs what works best it's not the same for every lesson right we found that some lessons do them individually right. other ones do them in pairs no more than three students and and the biggest challenge i think we've had and other teachers looking to get into this space who are you trying who is your customer mm -hmm. and stem is so broad and we like I come from an informal space, right? Doing an after school program. You do a STEM elective now kinder through ninth grade. And that's been your experience. We have other people on our team. One's a science teacher, right? One's an elementary STEM teacher. And they have very different ways of managing their classroom. And we did the poll, right? We had some teachers that are like, I see my kids once a week for 45 minutes. The other one's like, I see them every day for two hours. And we're like, what? <laughs> so you can't satisfy everyone. Um, so my advice with that, like on the curriculum piece, is we just give them a plan. And we're like, here's how we would implement this with these constraints. You have 45 minutes, session one looks like this, session two looks like this. And you as a buyer get overwhelmed with information and choices and like variety. And when we first started Vivify, we were like, give them all the ideas, right? <laughs> like every yes. option, there's like three different versions of Spacelander. You could have a moon version, you could, right? right. And now we're just like, okay, we got to simplify. This is too much for just like- tell them what to do. Yes. That, and that's what we're trying. This is like our motto, motto for this year. <laughs> I'm not saying like tell you what to do, but kind of like more guidance, less options, Here's our scope and sequence. Here's how we recommend you run it. You're going to have to modify it. We can't satisfy everyone out there in every situation, but we keep hearing from our Vivify audience. It's like, we want to know how you're doing it. Please help. Like I have no guidance. You have 200 resources. What do I do with them? <laughs> exactly. So I think a lot of it for me is that last year I was the STEM director for my school and there was a different teacher that was a STEM teacher in the classroom. And so that gave me a different perspective because she was teaching all of our lessons, but uh, you know, she wasn't doing it how I would do it. So she'd come right. up to me and be like, uh, I don't understand. Like, what do I do with this? Do I, do I do it one per day? Or, you know, it's like, Oh, these are all really good questions that I didn't think to tell you because I just did it the way that I just do it. And so I think, now that we're providing a scope and sequence that's not a one-size-fits-all, but kind of more of a general idea, is 
so, so I guess the, the moral is, is that if you are providing resources to other educators, that you need to be transparent in how you do things in whatever that looks like by providing a scope and sequence that might be helpful if you're building out a lesson, lesson plans for teachers to use for something specific, or if it's in an individual lesson, just say exactly how you do it, not a well, you could do it this way or you could do it that way. That's what you're saying, right? right? Yeah. Just say what you do as kind of an idea because people can do with that as they wish. I remember, and this is kind of a um, not a lesson teaching story, but when, when my first daughter was born, I was like, what kind of schedule are we supposed to be on? I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. So I think I went on babycenter.com and it has mm-hmm. all these examples. It was like, this is for a working mom of a three month old sample schedule. So it didn't say, well, you, they need 14 hours of sleep a day, figure out how to arrange your naps and everything. I was like, I don't know what to do with that. Like, well, when do they nap to get those 14 hours? Is it all in one chunk? Yes. So they had a, like a schedule, like this is what time they eat. This is how much they eat. This is what time they nap, how long they nap. And I was like, I can work with that. So that's what you need to be giving to teachers. Think of it that way. Cause that's how you're thinking is, okay, I can start with this. If it doesn't work, then I can tweak it, tweak it, but I need a certain starting point. So, yeah. yeah. And it's taken a lot for both of us to like feel confident in that also, mm-hmm. because we came from engineering and we were like, <laughs> here's an idea. Like it was very hesitant. Like, here you go. Maybe it'll work. I mean, it worked for me, but I don't know. When you try this, like we were just kind of, we don't want to tell teachers what to do. Like that was always our fear is that we're not capable. Like we've tried this, but you know, maybe it'll like, right. We were just more confident as mm-hmm. educators and over time we have gotten more confident because we've seen results in our students. Like my kids are now going to college, right. That I had in space club. And they're like, we love this lesson. Right. I can see the impact that different ways of teaching and have on kids. And so we've learned to just, be confident in our advice and be like, this is what we do, take it or leave it. But we know that people that listen to us want to hear it. And we encourage teachers that have been teaching for years to like share that advice and be confident in that you know what you're doing. You have the evidence with your students. Um, And it's the other piece is how you market that message. And I think we're still trying to figure that out. Yes. (laughs) Going back to our business meeting. Mm There is, two different audiences. One is the teacher that doesn't have very much money. Maybe they were given, what's your budget, Claire, for STEM? $45. No, it's not. (laughs) I thought it was like 200. Mm -mm. What does that come out per kid? I I don't, can you cut pennies in half? Oh my God. I have 165 students. That's okay. That's hilarious. I mean, it's really sad. Um, but okay. So I was just talking to this STEM company. They're trying to build out this whole curriculum. They were trying, they were picking my brain on how much money do teachers have per student. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a really hard question. You have pennies. Some maybe have like $10 a kid. I don't know. But there's also the district level that has money, right? They'll invest yes. thousands and thousands of dollars in all these STEM programs and that's where you have to figure out who your audience is. So we usually te- talk directly to teachers and we put price points for a teacher that is paying out of pocket, sadly, 
or gets a PO and can go up to like $100, right? Um, and so we've been trying to figure out how do you crack the district code? Like, how do you get into the money where the district has to get quality resources? You know, we're like a company we've built, it's the two of us figuring it out. We're not like McGraw-Hill or the other like textbook companies that have these huge contracts with districts. Mm -hmm. um, so my advice there is like, it's a difficult system to navigate and we're trying to figure it out. And we've had the most success just like talking directly to teachers, getting them to buy in with like $5. They love the lesson and then they use it in their school and the principal sees it. And then they want to pay for like the bigger items, like the Mission of Mars bundles and so on. But just a word of warning, education money is tricky. So would you say that we have learned to have options as far as providing individual lesson plans that teachers will pay out of pocket and then also bundling things in a way that it's at a price point and accessibility such that they can present it to their admin and say, hey, you saw this curriculum that I've started using. I think it would be a great investment for our school. And instead of the principal being like, you want me to write how many different POs for how many different $5 mm -hmm. products or, oh, there's like, you can pay what, $300 and you can, you know, get all of the curriculum. Like, yes. Oh yeah. That seems an easy, easier buy-in for admin if it's something that's a package deal. So offering something like that. Right. Well, okay. So the STEM space membership came from a STEM uh, coordinator at a district was like, how can I buy every single one of your lessons? Mm -hmm. And I like called you up. I was like, Claire, how do, how do I do that? That's a lot. That's <laughs> we've like, had oh, so right. many requests for that. Yeah. That we've always kind of avoided it. <laughs> and we're like, it's what we've done versions. Like I've had a few POs where they're like 40 lines. Like they were like, I want this and I want this and I want this. And I would put it in like a Google drive Dropbox kind of thing. And I mean, it was a lot, but it was like, wait, okay, so maybe people actually do want our content and not just like this and that. And it came also from our scope and sequence where we're like, here's how to use all of our lessons. Mm -hmm. um, so I calculated, like I created this year round bundle. If you were to buy every single one of our lessons, it would cost $1,326 for what we have right now. How many years of my uh, budget <laughs> could that <laughs> right? $45 times. Uh. <laughs> and so of course, that's like not a price that teachers can pay. And so we were like, mm -hmm. how can we make it accessible to teachers? If hopefully they're putting in a PO, so that's where we came up with this idea for membership. So with a year membership, you can access all of that for like $349. So it's a thousand dollars off. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a good deal. I and think I mean, I don't just want to get it to the teacher's hands Yes, and admin will pay that. I mean, it's, it's a reasonable price. So I think setting, knowing how to get into schools. So offering options as far as teachers being able to afford it and pay out of pocket, but also for schools to be able to easily see the value and write a PO or purchase it themselves. Um, I think that's that's the the takeaway of what we've learned on how you should price your lessons because your resources are valuable, but being able to get them into schools that's a a, a beast that we've had to tackle, and I think we're going in the right direction because we're seeing it being 
super helpful to educators. Yeah. And I've noticed most of our sales are coming through schools, which makes me happy that mm-hmm. teachers are not paying out of pocket for this. And it's at a price point where they can convince their admin to be like, hey, I want this entire it's going to give me lessons for kindergarten through eighth grade. It's going to cover my entire year. And we just dropped another lesson, uh, the design of zoo enclosure. So that will be added to the STEM space. Um, there's some other products that I won't talk about yet, <laughs> like the developing phase. Um, and that's what we're trying to figure out, like what next, right? So when we meet, we're always like, okay, what, what gaps do we have in our current curriculum? Because in the early stages, we just created stuff. We did some space, we did some math. We were just like kind of creating things based on what we liked or what we were interested in. And now we've shifted to how can we be intentional about it? That's right. So figuring out, do you want to just follow the standards or do you want to just provide lessons that are in a specific unit? So how are your, how is your audience going to be consuming or searching for what you're providing? So I think that's huge. So big takeaways, if you are a teacherpreneur and you want to start selling your own lessons on TPT or your own website, I think figuring out who your audience is, so what type of teachers are you trying to hit schools, being able to price it accordingly, figuring out how you're going to uh, map out what kind of offerings you're going to have, so meeting standards or just producing what you've already tried in the classroom, that's usually the best way to start because you're most used to that. And then being transparent about how you are actually teaching these things so that your uh, customers are going to be able to see how you're using it and then be able to use it in the way that they would do it best. So I think that has been what we have seen as being successful and will continue to try to improve upon as we go bigger and reaching more teachers. Everyone's like in this teacherpreneur space and has questions on like what's worked for us, you can always email us and we, one of us will respond and we'd have, we'd love to connect. Yes. And especially if you go onto our website, vivifystem.com, we have a chat box that's integrated. And I mean, there is some AI involved because it will prompt you with questions, but it's always one of us that's going to respond to you. So either live or if you leave your name and email, we'll see it pop up. And if we can't answer it right away, we will still get back to you. And it is, it is one of us. It's not a robot. So we'd love to answer your questions, (laughs) but for now, STEM space out. We want to take a second to give a big thank you to listeners out there who've been tuning in to the STEM space podcast. We love what we do. We love sharing content, the latest and greatest of STEM education and tips and tricks to help you to teach STEM. If you have been listening to us and would love to support us, please leave us a review so we can keep sharing amazing resources and content. Thank you.